Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast the Scotland Pumping English Annual Tradition edition, morning after the Calcutta Cup. Scotland are one from one and the Grand Slam dream is on. It is David, Matt and Alan, the posh boys with their pompous memes back to have a chat about everything that went on yesterday down at Twickenham and look forward to Scotland marching on against Wales next weekend. Matt, how are you feeling after it? Yeah, I mean, if if pompous memes translates into, you know, record breaking levels of engagement, then that's just the way we've got to go. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I still I've just been watching. I've been like devouring every little bit of post Calcutta Cup analysis today. And it's just been a really, really great way to spend a Sunday, to be honest. It is so good. I will I will watch a video of Richie Gray passing the ball. I think it's oh, I mean, easily up over a hundred times. I've watched that GIF of his beautiful give and go. Alan, you just told us off air that you were ignoring your child screaming last night, looking at memes online. Like sometimes you need to prioritize, and just the 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 volume and quality of memes and reels floating around between around seven pm and eight pm last night was fantastic, and therefore my child had to wait, and uh, it was worth it. It absolutely was. I mean, at some stage, though, do you think there's a chance we will get bored of beating England in the Calcutta Cup? <laughs> it's it's an interesting one. You know, I there was even when England went 2012 up, I still felt like Scotland were going to come back into it. And I think against like Ireland and, and France, if they'd gone 2012 up at home. I would have been pretty resigned, but that, it's the way that sort of shift in how I think Scotland fans sort of look at England rugby now, and actually there is just, we have managed to get over that mental barrier a little bit. They definitely played Scotland in the sort of early to middle 2010s. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we're also just better at rugby than we were in the early to middle 2010s. <laughs> yeah, that's There was definitely a mental barrier, but it was, I think an, the vast majority of it was quality. Also a massive physical barrier. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can check out a lot of our memes, and we've been resharing, as Alan says, absolutely everything from the Scottish rugby online community on our Twitter. That is at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle Understroke Rugby Understroke Pod. Um, it's just it's just all good stuff. It's great days when everybody comes together like that. You've got Mark Bonner. You've got all the celebs coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, I love that. Uh, oh, that was pro- that was probably the best celeb reaction. His face is just oh, it's too good. Have me in stitches. We are all Mark. I mean, I don't really know where to start. I mean, I think I've read every column. I've looked at every single like uh, player rating today, but. Alan, this is one you and I watched it together on one of our again sort of big days out without Matt that are becoming quite a habit at the moment. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Were Scotland actually good in beating England yesterday? I don't think so. I think both teams were broadly quite average, and I think actually up until about the seventieth minute, I think England were slightly better than Scotland, and I think actually, but it was po- a bit of a sort of manifestation of probably Finn on Scotland's side and then Smith and Farrell on England's side, where both were sort of blowing quite hot and cold throughout that whole match. Um, and it was an interesting one because I think the way what Scotland did is they sort of hung in there. You can see with the number of tackles they were putting in and the tackle success rate, they were getting absolutely battered. And at the same time, we were just pretty ruthless in terms of the chances that we had probably out of the five over the five chances we got four tries which is an extremely un-scottish thing to do so i think what you're seeing there is an average performance where you had a scotland team specifically a pack that was able just to keep scotland in the match and in the end we were better at putting away our, our chances matt good performance average performance yeah i mean it depends how you sort of define it like a good or an average performance if you define it as like winning the the key moments and and as you said said Alan like being ruthless when it counts then it was pretty good and I think there was some stats that would um I think when Robbie passed earlier around like the amount of visits and time that Scotland had in the England 22 was very little compared to England's in the Scotland 22 but the points differentials I think they scored twice as many points um per visit to the to the 22 those are you know the key stats that like define games um but then i think you look at it as a whole and there's definitely a lot of areas to improve on um it was just i I thought scotland were a bit inconsistent like some of the launch plays from the line out for the for the first try for instance was like executed 100 percent accuracy and then the next few were sort of fumbled around a little bit um i felt like our defensive points you know the the tackle success rate was mental well over 90% um, with like 250 tackles made. But then at some points we were actually quite soft in defence, I thought, um, and England didn't actually have to work like too hard for their for their tries. So it was a bit of a mixed bag. times really. when England were getting like unbelievable amounts of absolutely rapid ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it seems as if Scotland couldn't really do that much about it to, yeah. to slow it down. Um, I think if you look at the tries, I'd be a bit more worried if every single try was purely 
like a Duhan, um, or even a Ben Ben White's try was arguably a little bit on the fortunate side. But I think the fact that we still managed to score two of our tries through more sort of concerted pressure, more team play, um, means that I'm sort of a bit more positive overall. There was a there was a stat that went up just at the end of the first half where I think me and Dave were looking at it and it's about 55% of England's rucks were sort of sub three seconds versus about 20% of Scotland's. And it did feel, I think, at the, the back end of that first half, I was getting a little bit worried because to your point, I think England was starting to make quite a lot of easy yards. Scotland was still making those tackles, but England were definitely making yards after contact. contact. And then obviously to, to go from being about 12-5 up to then very quickly going to 13-12, we sort of went into that, into half time very much on the back foot. So it was, gr- I mean, you know, ultimately great that that Scotland team, both from sort of a fitness standpoint, but then also from sort of a game management standpoint, were able to sort of come come back and, and really sort of turn around potentially some of those issues, especially over the speed of England's ball, but then also looking at the last try, just how quick Scotland were able to kind of get some of the ball in the second half. I mean, I mean, looking at this, the Scotland performances sort of one to 15, are you... You've got to sort of say, I know a lot of people are commenting that Tooney sort of got all of the big decisions right. I mean, Matt, are you are you giving up giving up for uh, for Tooney for getting everything correct? Yeah, I mean, I thought that Hugh Jones had a really good game overall. Um, I think maybe it. like loves playing the, Twickenham. Loves yeah, exactly. England. His his scoring rate against England is sort of. I I was a bit worried that everyone was sort of, was pulling up videos from 2017 and 2018, and I was thinking, you know, that's actually quite a long time ago. And what are the chances he's going to replicate it? But when he had chances, he was he was dangerous. Um, the other big calls, I thought, I mean, Stain maybe wasn't that big a call, but I thought he actually had a really solid game in the end. Um, ben White was another one who seems to absolutely love playing against England. And even, we'll talk about the bench, but like Horn coming on was pretty class. So Price must be looking, you know, sat there with his rabbit a bit, a bit gutted. Um, and then I thought Crosby was Crosby was you know, put in a lot of work, um, a lot of tackles in the end, which maybe it was hard to fully notice how much work rate he put in. Um, and Nell and Bergen, I thought, were like actually far better than I'd expected. Nell scrummaged really well, and I thought Bergen had a pretty good shift shift around the park. So yeah, you've got to give him quite a lot of credit, I think. Alan, your campaign against Chris Harris vindicated. <laughs> No, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it like that. I think Hugh Jones was a better man for the task that was needed, and uh, I think ultimately there is argument suggest that in other games you might want to bring on someone like a Harris, especially against maybe someone like a France, right? When you're up against someone like a Fiku, who's just so dangerous. Um, but no, I think the the only other one, and it's maybe not a massive call, but you know George Turner hasn't played well this year for Glasgow or he's been yeah. a, you know a bit yeah. average he's, he's barely he's barely played really barely played I I think arguably you know he's not first choice at Glasgow if anything Johnny Matthews is first choice yeah. I heard of Fraser Brown and George Turner and you know George Turner I think he, objectively he has some issues with throwing in but fair play to him both in this match and two years ago at Twickenham he's been absolutely fantastic at the set piece and then on top of that, we all know how dynamic he is. I mean, some of the ways he throws his body around, I know he's, I think he technically would have missed the tackle, but there was a hit he sort of tried to put in on Ellis Genge. And he just, 
has no sort of care <laughs> yeah. for uh, for his own body. And I thought just generally getting around the park, he was he was really fantastic for the sixty minutes. And then Fraser Brown coming on as well, just again not had that much game time, but sort of carried over that form from New Zealand, where he was just sort of on point and did everything that he needed to do well. Obviously, the man who gets, the, I suppose, the most the most common column inches written about him in Scottish rugby, Finn. Um, unbelievable photo. Firstly, let's start with the photo of him going around the celebration photo. Absolutely incredible <laughs> stuff. Um, but I mean, again, I don't think he played. I don't think he played that well. But I suppose when he needed to, namely that sort of last ten minutes, he really sort of came came into his own. The sort of the first half in particular, it was aimless kicking, a few things that didn't quite come off that put us under pressure, and it was. It certainly wasn't a classic Finn performance, but you know, you look at that final try. He had four very high quality touches driving the the team around the field, and it's uh, it's it's a funny one with him, Matt. Yeah, I think I saw there were some stats in the week about it's quite brutal stats to pull up, but like most turned over players was was one of them in the Six Nations in recent years, and he wasn't actually top, but I think he was the top standoff who had a few more starts uh, you know a certain amount of starts and that's not that surprising given the way he he plays particularly compared to in contrast to you know a Farrell for instance but I was just looking at the stats he's turned over four times at the weekend um some of which were in like reasonably promising positions um and it, it just felt as if his his kicking game was a little bit off as well um and, and I get that Obviously, his role in I think the first try um, and the, and the last try was absolutely pivotal, and those are the big moments that you know won us the game in the end. But it it does feel as if we should expect a little a little bit more from him. And I know that people kind of say, well, that's what he's like. He blows hot and cold, etc. But I think he would have looked at that and been probably thought I could actually have played a lot a lot better. I think that's actually a reasonable point. Agreed, and I think. It's interesting looking at those two tries that you sort of picked out. I think that first try, you know, not only does he sort of make the pass to Sione, but actually just him as a character and his style of play almost like force sucks Farrell in to like make that yeah. space for Sione. And ultimately Farrell's good, sorry, Russell's good enough to be able to see that happening and sort of pop it to Sione. And then, yeah, for that, for that second try, it, it it's when, when Scotland were able to get a bit of front foot ball, and they were able to get exceedingly quick ball, and he's on the front foot. He's just, you know, the one of, if not the best 10 in the world, right? He's just kind of got, he, that whole period of time, he seemed to sort of have the game kind of um, in his hands, and he was able to sort of dictate where everything was going. And I think actually, you know, one of the reasons why I didn't have a good game is ultimately they just didn't have enough, there wasn't enough moments where Scotland were able to get A, that quick ball, and B, that go forward. And, and for all his, you know, positives and greatness he's he has been a player that has struggled to sometimes turn turn things around when he's not getting that right um but you're right you know not to blow my own trumpet but what i I think what i said on thursday was or friday was that if the game's tight sort of back i think i said finn and hog to sort of see out this type of game against england it feels like they both kind of rise and are able to sort of make the right plays in the decisive moments and ultimately, that's kind of what Finn managed to do, right? He he made the right play 
at the right time in the really key moment. And uh, and ultimately, that was sort of the difference at the end. So fair play to Finn and me, is what I would say. Yeah, I often say you don't get enough credit from Scottish rugby, <laughs> Alan. Yeah, for Finn's performances. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Matt, what did you make of his sort of, so much has been written and sort of talked about his long-standing halfback partnership with Ali Price. Ali Price, obviously a little bit out of form. Ben White sort of grabbing that number nine jersey, looking like he's going to be the incumbent sort of for the rest of the year at this rate. Yeah, well, I think he's he's probably best known for his performances against England last year, the last yeah two years. Um, there's two tries that he's scored, but I actually just think his his like basics are are really really good. I think his box kicking is maybe with a few exceptions in the game is pretty on point. Um, I thought he actually kicked a lot better than, than Van Port felt on the day. Um, and it just seems as if like he manages to um, find find a way to score against England in these big in these big games. Um, and he kind of reminds me of like a bit of like a price maybe three or four years ago who was a bit more willing to to have a go, I suppose. Um, so it's it's funny to think that England clearly. Because I think he captained England on twenties, um, but clearly it decided now nah, he's not the one for us. But he's been doing the business for quite a while now for Scotland. And, and on, on his outside top. shoulder, to a Pilotu. I mean, I think it's safe to say this sort of it was a gradual rise at first, but now Sione's probably got his name sort of stamped on the, that starting team sheet as well. Alan. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, he has. You know he has the the ability to truck it up, and and ultimately he's a big old boy. Although was it Freddie Stewart that ended him? He just got yeah. in the wrong position. Yeah, so, that, was, that was horrible. You've got to be gutted about how many times that's being played in slow motion across your know, social media I feed know. at the moment. It's just when you're sort of balanced on the heels, and someone just like you just get kind of crouched it's, down. It's so unlucky. Like he's just in a bad position. Hundred um, percent. But Luke, I think, and then in attack. In open play, he didn't have that many sort of like chances with the ball, but ultimately when he did, I think he made a lot of the right decisions and that grubber. Just oh. not gonna lie, when he when he came over, I'm not, I think first year, I don't think he was putting in many kicks. This feels like a sort of you know six months to nine months thing where he just sort of like brought this yeah. into his game, and it's amazing actually, sort of like how many tries or chances have been created for Glasgow and now Scotland with uh, with that quite sort of like subtle left boot of his it's a bit of a it's a bit of a toe poke i think it there's not <laughs> sort of like there's but in a good way like it's obviously really skillful but it's sort of there's not that much movement in the leg it's like jab through Pete but I, I was think... in the was in the times on yesterday morning talking up or maybe it's friday morning talking up Sioni's kicking game and i was like really but then there you go Pete horn knows that knows more than i do Pete, Pete horn's coming in replacing zondag you know the the results are immediate. Pete Horn, one from one. Yeah. But no, um, I think you're you're right in the sense that, you know, if the if we're gonna have a centre pairing, I think, you know, looking back twelve months ago, it's eighteen months ago, Sione, you know, wouldn't have been sort of sixth or seventh probably in the queue. And now it's it, the conversation really feels like it is who is partnering Sione, either with him yeah. at twelve with with Harris, Jones or Bennett even, or him at thirteen with um with the red path that that's kind of where where it is and uh i feel like 
he seems to work relatively well with sort of Russell and obviously this Jones pairing has sort of been doing well for Glasgow and sort of shifted through into the the Scotland setup so I think that sort of actually that 10-12-13 combo is probably the most from an attacking standpoint and probably the most I've been sort of happy with over the last at least the last sort of 12 months so I think keen to sort of definitely sort of yeah. keep that moving forward against Wales. It's got a really good balance I think um, because Tupelotu obviously can, can carry pretty well but his little pullbacks I thought through the game when he did get the chance are are a nice little weapon and I think he's he manages to disguise it pretty well um, and probably even in that situation in, for the Hugh Jones try you saw Russell looping behind Jones as if he was going to get one of those pullback passes so I think you know he's he's pretty good at keeping the defence guessing um, and he's also very solid defensively to Pelotu as well so he had a bit of a blinder I thought doesn't he have a little brother who's this boy he does yeah, Where is this the, guy? I think he's in the Waratahs squad. Shit he's young though. Like what 19. position was he again? But yeah, I mean, let's just get. Let's just. We've seen enough now. We've seen enough of the gene pool. Japan, Japan. Um, what's this? The Japan what? scout. The Japan's. That's the word scout. That Japan scout is just getting like another like bonus directly from Dodson, just like yeah. into his personal bank account. It's uh, absolute find. We need to find out who the Japan scout was. <laughs> I, think I don't think the position exists anymore I think they've retired They're just like, I don't need any more money I've made my two, <laughs> my two Pilates money I think it's um, I think it was similar to what sort of Cammy Mather's role is where you're not in New Zealand or it was where you're not like a full time employee right but it's like ultimately just you get paid like a referral to, like go, to go on the weekends and just sort of like check out a few players that have, uh, have said they've got like a Scottish mum or granny yeah. but yeah still he needs he needs to be called out. Moses Moses two Pelotu is twenty centre in the Waratahs Waratahs yes. squad. There you go. Love it, Moses, I'm in. Um, I mean, just working down the back line. Um, let's do Duhan in a second. I want to talk, focus a little bit on Hoggy though, because we touched on Alan. You know, Finn obviously coming good with a massive play there towards the end and and through the game in the big moments. Hog relatively subdued throughout the whole match, and then you know. Unsure of whether it was injury or tactical, but you know certainly wasn't happy when he was substituted. Um, you know, a little, a little bit off the boil, a little bit rusty coming back from injury. Definitely a little bit off the boil, and I, I'm sure part of that is ultimately he hasn't played that much rugby in the last sort of month, month or so. Yeah. Now, whether he was injured or not, I think it's fair to say that if anyone was going to be taken off in that back three. I think ultimately it had to be Hogg based on form and sort of impact on the match. You know, ultimately he, he clearly brings a lot and he's clearly like a key key leader. But I think you know, Duhan and Stain both looked really dangerous. And uh, and actually, I think it was a great call. You know, King Horn, when he came on, really did actually make an impact from that 15 position. You'd think, yeah. he, was, you'd think he should play in the back three or something. <laughs> like... Just make him the back, make him the fullback, the backup fullback to to Hoggy. If he can't make so 12, much sense, because Sione is there, then fifteen is his second best position. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I thought Hogg had like he just didn't really do that much. I thought, um, yeah, but didn't have like a terrible game. And it's even in, I think nowadays his game isn't necessarily about those like big blockbuster runs, but particularly against England in recent years, you could always count on him to like produce a massive. Um, you know, touch finder, release the pressure. 
Um, and he just didn't really get the opportunity, I thought. Um, I thought he got one turnover penalty right at the start of the game that then led to the yeah. uh, to the um, to the Jones try. But maybe, as you said, I think the fact he's not played like since December, um, maybe just this like will sort him out and set him up nicely for the rest of the tournament. Because I, I, you know, they're they're not going to change that position at all. I suppose the one his one big moment was that that poor pass that he made when we were sort of through in behind and. So yeah. put it, was it Kyle Stain that went behind? Yeah, yeah. That was a bit of a shame. It was good, really good opportunity after some some good work. But as I said, I think you're right. I think you know it's rustiness, and you know how eager he'll be to you know, particularly back at Murrayfield. Um, what do you think of this iteration of his haircut? By the way, he was really blonde. I kept mistaking him for other for like Duhan a couple of times because it's so blonde. I'm 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 still not sure about it. I don't still think it looks sure. that. I I don't think it looks that good, but. Maybe it's. Imp- I, I mean, what did he have before? Just kind of like quite shan, spiky hair. Maybe it's you know, maybe it's just the way to go. Do you know what I like best? Sh- like shaving hog. You know where it was like kind of similar hog. to Finn, similar to Finn now, where it's just like that. You know, it's like a number one. Just like oh, he did it for the World Cup, didn't he? Oh, he looked. Yeah, but he looked. He looked hanging. <laughs> like, I liked I it. Think, I think it was when he was losing his hair as well, and he hadn't gone down the hair plugs route. And he, it made him look a lot older than he was. Nah, I liked it. I liked, I liked it. it. I looked really hard as well. And, and Alan, before we do Duhan, your boy Kyle Stain justifies yeah. his, his selection? 100%. I think um, in defence, where I was a little bit worried, I thought he was pretty strong. You know, He had a couple of um, tackles on Hassel Collins that he had to make, and, and he yeah. made them. Um, he had one really difficult one-on-one with Marcus Smith, who, you know, one-on-one is... <laughs> uh, like a pretty tough um task and yeah. he managed to manage to get him right and that was quite near the end of the game at like a super pivotal pivotal moment if marcus smith made a break really could have changed the whole dynamic of the match and and ultimately for both the break where hog ended up passing too many drops and for that final try you know he he does manage to beat people right that yeah. he's he he makes additional yards because he is very good at stepping and kind of riding through those tackles he's not got sort of the same pace and power as as Duhan, but he he does it on a, such a consistent basis um we and look, can't be we can't be far away from another trotting out of the article about his dad being Nelson Mandela's bodyguard either <laughs> no, right. oh, oh yeah i didn't know that yeah <laughs> and look but as i was say when Darcy's fit, Darcy starts, right? Yeah. But ultimately, Carl Stein, even against the France and Ireland, I think comes in and, you know, he can do a super, super solid job. I will say, we were saying this the other day, if it is, because it was Stein that passed to Duhan, not that it really matters, but if Stein, Stein was the one who passed to Duhan, he literally caught it and passed it immediately to Duhan to score that individual try. And if that's Darcy, I don't, I don't know, don't think that goes, just because ultimately Darcy's instinct instinct is to run yeah. every time and that's yeah. not what he, that and he point. should do that um but no just thought you know ultimately interesting kind of like what these different scenarios can sort of play out i thought I um i thought sorry on. i thought stain as well the only other thing was his um chase from the restarts was was like a really good bit of his yeah. game and he actually won us like i think russell's restarts were actually pretty bang on the money it's one good bit of the game we didn't talk about um, and Stain's just like desire to get to those balls. I think he claimed claimed a few and at least put put the England pack under pressure. So I th- I thought he put in like a bit of a Sean Maitland esque performance actually, which is maybe not exact exactly what you'd expect. But um, 
yeah, fair play to him. Though. He's, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like for, that's what that's what we're wanting really just, in that position. He see, everyone seems to love him. Uh, he just seems to get on well, and everyone is just a good vibes guy in like the twenty three. No, I get that. It's and just... maybe the, maybe the first game in history where we won the restart battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly in the history of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a bit of Duhan? Matt, he's pretty fucking good at rugby, isn't he? He's quite sweet. He's like, quite sweet. Quite he happy quite sweet. moved. He got that early injury in his career and moved from Montpellier to Edinburgh for like a grand just to get get some game time. That's the thing. It's worked, was... it's worked out really well for us. Great sliding doors moment. Yeah. Obviously, I've like watched the video so many times today and it got me thinking like, do you think when he was playing in South Africa or even when he went to Montpellier, he, he like ever did anything like that? Or or do you think sort of he was like a big, you know, brute who was a solid player, but people were like, ah, you know, there's quite a lot of people who are pretty big from South Africa because it it just feels as if yeah. like um, he, maybe he maybe he's developed that or I don't know, but it's just like hardly anyone can can do that in world rugby. The, the fact that because I guess the more interesting thing as well is that the fact that he even left South Africa. And I'm I'm never quite sure exactly. I'm sh- I'm sure obviously had quite a lot of injuries, but I've seen a few people say, you know, schoolboy rugby in South Africa is a pretty high standard. And I've seen a few people in that sort of circle say that he was like the best schoolboy player a lot of people have ever mm. seen. I mean, you look at some of the photos of him in like sixth year of school, and he's like the same size as he is now. And supposedly he just scored like an unbelievable amount of tries. He would like run run through teams on like a near on a consistent basis. And I'm never quite clear how South Africa lost someone like that. <laughs> um, and again, I'm sure it's sort of injuries, and I'm sure you know it's a pretty tough like meat grinder when you're sort of 2021 20, trying to get through the sort of South African system. But yeah, it's kind of the two, both South Africa and then Montpellier seem to not see something which is so blindingly obvious now. <laughs> and yeah, that first first try, do we think, I was going to say, I think it's definitely the best individual try in Calcutta Cup history. I think it's the best individual try in Scottish Six Nations history. And I think it's arguably, I can't think of another one, the best individual try in Six Nations history. I'd I'd like to make the case... I think it's worth a discussion. Sam Johnson's try to either put us in front or level us in the yeah. great comeback game is... Nah, maybe a better try, but that... When Sam has... Johnson's coming into the 22, there's like four people around him. Nah, that is the combo of the Finn no Luke with Johnson yeah. Yeah. in the line. Yeah. And, you know, potentially for the moment, because of the moment in time and kind of the context of what's happening... It's like maybe the best try of all time <laughs> in Scotland and Six Nations. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of that full end-to-end, what Duhan did versus what yeah. Sam Johnson did, Duhan's got to be. 55, meet- 55 metres as well. Like, it's just absolutely wild. And I think maybe with the exception of Marchant, who was probably never going to get to him, players are close to him. Like Stewart and Van Portfell and yeah. Alex Dombrandt. Um, are close to him and have like a reasonable chance of making the tackle and obviously don't complete it in the end. I think if, even if Don Brandt goes low, Duhan's got enough momentum to get over the line. Interesting. I, also, I think I think he might get him. Do you I think? think he stopped just, just short. And uh, I think it was on, it was flowing around Twitter. There's like a really great angle of where he sort of steps 
Van Portfleet, and then exact while he's stepping, he actually has to switch hands with the ball to sort of like yeah. so he's able to yeah, hand yeah, off yeah. Don Brandt. And I kind of get it from Don Brandt. You, you know, if you think Van Portfleet's trying to go low, and then you're trying to sort of go high, sort of over the top, but Duhan's clearly too quick and too strong. And the moment you sort of start trying to tackle him with arms one on one, he's just clearly got the biggest arm of all time. <laughs> Do you think, and, given 500 opportunities, Alan, you could stop Duhan once from the Don Brandt position? From the from the Don Brandt position, I think I think maybe 23 out of the 500. 23 that, out that of the 500. That's, that's, <laughs> that's quite a lot. Completely joke. Literally zero. There's zero chance I of getting anyone would, could you maybe get at his ankle and just like luckily, luckily tip him over? Or just Do like Luke Karndicki and just yeah. go so low. Yeah, just, just like head, head, head in between yeah. his feet. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, That's all you can do. Yeah. Uh, Bloody hell! I'm, I'm then, glad he's on our team. I mean, his the, finish the, for the second was you know equally as good. Not maybe not equally you, as you good, think, but it's sorry, different. Just, just, just going back to the going back to the first try. Is there oh. an argument that George Turner obstructed Owen Farrell, or do you think he would no. just? Moved I, his body slightly. I thought that originally, but I think, yeah. and I, I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing. There's a high oh, chance he, that he does, and it's really smart. Yeah, but he does it in a way where it's absolutely fine in terms of as long as he's not, you know, shifting into. He just kind of stops, right? Um, but no, I think. Do you think? Uh, do you think we're looking at that through uh, thistle tinted glasses? And like, if it had been an England try, I, I think if. Owen Farrell had complained more, or they like I think they might if have he, gone upstairs. If, I think if he genuinely thought that he'd been obstructed, he would have been in the referee's ear right away. But he wasn't. I don't think he was really. Or do you think he w- would have been? But he was so distracted from Finn Russell getting up in his grill that he actually <laughs> forgot to argue at the ref. I mean, if that's if that's how it's worked out, then you know I'm just all, I'm all for that shit housery. <laughs> It's, it's great uh, fun. It's uh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, Far- to that point, Farrell. Well, he put in that big tackle on Russell, which was a big hit. To be fair, and Farrell was looking to hit Russell. Yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But then he also he also missed the tackle for Duhan's second try, which was once again like a class finish that like a lo- not yeah. a lot of wingers would would finish. Did manage to beat Farrell as well. He's always. I think you're always. Think the wingers so. should always. Like back themselves beating Smith or whoever it is coming over, but to finish that was still yeah. I said don't think that many people could do it. Is it earlier on in the sequence of that last try as well, where Duhan sort of like his strength sort of keeps the ball in play when England are clearly trying to sort of move him out, or is that? Yeah, no, it is. I think it was Malins. Yeah, and like he managed to shrug him off, which was actually like really critical to that overall move. Yeah, because it looked we, he was very very close to the the touchline at that stage. Should we uh, should we talk through the, the, the sort of final try, or at least even the final phase and the sort of components that made it up? Yeah, I, I can do that. I can do that for sure. That's a good. That's a good time. Finn passes, and then you get sort of the do hand just keeping him back. Actually, there was some quite nice work with Sione and Blair and Kinghorn. Yeah, yeah. And then you get yeah. those sort of three phases across. So you get sort of the Fagerson. You get sort of the miss pass to Dempsey, which where Dempsey really manages to sort of punch through that midfield. Yeah, yeah. And that, then you... that was interesting. If you look at that, like suddenly England, it looked as if they had someone in the Simbin because yeah. Dempsey gets through so easily. And then there's an advantage at that stage, which probably allows, well, Finn Russell will probably chuck that pass anyway. But then it gives him, when, when Russell gets the ball and chucks it to Stain, there's like four on two, four on three coming over. Yeah. 
um, that maybe it's just the stage of the game, like England were absolutely blowing, but there were so many spaces at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And then also it was Ben Youngs who was sort of marking that wing and clearly just doesn't oh. look comfortable at all. So, <laughs> so slow. Yeah. He was like pointing at other people to make the tackle. Gets gassed yeah. by Stain. And then it's Tupelotu who gets to the ball well, and, so gets it, and digs it out there. George Horan's obviously running his like standard inside ball line and just yeah. because of yeah. Stain getting tackled, sort of gets overrun, arguably comes in from not even the side, but sort of like the England side <laughs> of the ruck into the ruck. But you're right, Sione, quick as a flash, is in. And then actually every single pass in that sequence is almost near perfect. Yeah. I've, I, 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 this morning I was a huge advocate for the Richie Gray pass and I remain a huge advocate for the Richie Gray pass. But I think the Fraser Brown pass is actually better overall and is more critical to the, the success of the try. Yes. I, I, I actually think there's more skill involved in the Fraser Brown. Like the Richie Gray pass looks, ta- looks great. And it's, it, you know, it takes a lot of skill, but it's just sort of the classic kind of um, shuffle pass. And then, but all of it's fantastic. I, I actually, I actually disagree. I, I think the, <laughs> the no, no, no. I think, I think the Brown pass is like a really like incredible pass that Finn Russell will be proud of. But I also think at the same time that now bear with me. Any of us could have could have done that pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It was like a reasonably long spin pass. That okay. I think yeah. just just purely isolate the skill. Are you saying that? Are you saying that the three of us? Couldn't have done the Richie Gray pass. I think the Richie Gray pass is a harder skill because he's under so much pressure, and also at the yeah. end of the day, he's a second row. Like okay. who's played seventy-five minutes? Exactly. I mean, Fraser Brown's and a hooker, though. He, he actually used to play scrum half at school. So yeah, but yeah, no, I, I get your point. But I think I think that transfer there, there's a greater chance of something going wrong in that transfer than the Fraser Brown pass. Both uh, I'm, I'm splitting banging. hairs. I'm, I'm, I'm splitting hairs. But the two, I'm, I'm the two Pilotu to Finn, Finn to Brown, Brown to uh, Brown to Gray, Gray to Fagus, and Fagus to Duhan. Like all of them have to come off, and it's quite rare that Scotland would do that. Not least yeah. under pressure in the dying phases of a game to score the winning try. No, but the, the fact that Matt Fagerson summed up his options, saw the big freak on his left, and it wasn't like. Traditionally, I think a coach would be like, oh, you've got to draw a man or commit a defender. But he was yeah. like, nah, this lad needs the ball right now. So I, lo- I love that as well. I think you're sort of thinking about that last sort of phase, of that phase of play. I definitely think there was some sort of mandate if we're in that second half to play more out of the Scotland 22 or Scotland sort of kind of yeah. 10 metre line. Because there was multiple occasions leading up to that try including the stain hog drop ball break where Scotland did look to shuffle, shuffle it wide and look to attack from, from inside the 22. And I think ultimately, you know, why I think more than anything, Scotland deserved the win is in a sort of tight moment to be showing that level of ambition, you know, when you're down away at Twickenham against England and kind of the fact that ultimately in a lot of those moments, you can get turned over. And it's it's a is a can be a high risk play, but to execute it so well across those five phases, like there was no none of those rucks where anyone looked isolated. There was no none of those rucks where mm. it looked like England were going to get the ball. Kind of that whole piece, both in terms of passing and kind of protection of the ball, 
just worked really well. And I was saying it's kind of that mix of ambition and then be able to execute at the end of a match with all the pressure. I just think is is such a great thing to see from Scotland side, right? Do you think do you think we've ever um, forensically analysed a single try in that much detail? I think. Just, I don't think I don't think we I don't have. think anyone could accuse us of forensically analysing anything. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> it's very <laughs> enjoyable. Maybe Maitland, maybe Maitland to... 2018. Maitland 2018. I feel that's like we, we we did a maybe. deep a deep a deep, a deep dive, dive long piece. <laughs> the athletic, the athletic, like five thousand words in one try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we've sort of gone through the whole backline. We've talked about the scores and things like that. We've touched on a couple of forwards, namely George Turner, Richie Gray's performances. I mean, I think. His name's come up in that discussion. Do you want to do a little bit on Matt Fagerson? And, you know, what I came across today is he's only 24. I think that we really do, we expect a huge amount from him. Matt, do you think he's sort of gradually becoming the sort of the international number eight that we've always wanted and maybe we've been expecting too much too soon from him? Yeah, that is wild. 24. 24. Um, that That is wild. I thought he was a little bit older. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a fair point. Um, that he's just come through the system so so quickly, um, and it, it feels as if you know when he first played for Scotland um, and was sort of fighting it out with maybe Bradbury a little bit for that eight shirt, that he would kind of come in and out of games, do a few good things, but not be like super consistent. Whereas now it feels as if he's gonna give you like a minimum seven seven and a half out of ten performance um and i think that he's it's not just about like the the carrying which we know he he can do i think he's probably more of i mean maybe the fact he's been playing six at Gla- for glasgow this year he's just like a far more well-rounded player than that like puts in so much work um in the loose and the tight um and i think like physically he had the measure of a lot of that england pack um and it wasn't as if the carries he was making were sort of like, even like Dempsey-like, but it was all making a little bit of yards, always getting over the gain line, soaking in a couple of defenders. So this this feels like it could be a bit of a breakout tournament for him if he keeps it keeps up this kind of form. 27 tackles from him um, in one game as well. It was absolutely insane. The rest of the back row, you know, Crosby was sort of, he's been incredible form for Edinburgh. We talked about it. It's, um, would you say it's difficult to sort of judge like how good a performance he had? It's 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 unfair to call him quiet because he was doing huge amounts of tackling and work, but he didn't have a sort of standout moment in the loose or anything like that. I think I mean in the in the moment post match, I didn't think he had a particularly strong game, and then obviously saw some of the stats were sort of coming out, and then actually rewatched it this morning and went maybe not quiet, it's not the right word, but. He did just kind of do a very good job of, especially kind of around the line out or where needed, making maybe not extremely dominant hits, but, you know, winning that kind of battle when he was making those those tackles. And, you know, ultimately to do 20, to do 20 tackles when it's sort of your, you know, your first Six Nations match away at Twickenham, I, you know, I don't think you can ask sort of too much, too much no, more. None missed as well. None mm. missed. And, you know, ultimately he was able to make himself like, you know, we weren't like making sort of loads of loads of turnovers, but he was sort of making himself a nuisance at rock time. Um, I think he he should be, you know, obviously super happy with (laughs) his performance. And I think ultimately my sort of concerns about his ability to to sort of step up are uh, we're, we're wrong. 
Good. Maybe Always it was one of those, admit when you're wrong. Yeah, maybe it was one of those games as well where he was just sort of tasked with, you know, tackling, rocking, doing the nuts and bolts rather than getting his hands on the ball. And I, I also think Scotland did make quite a lot of mistakes in that first sort of 50-60. So there wasn't actually that much chance with phase ball yep. to, to, to carry. Um, so I, I think, you know, be, he'll be like good for the experience and I think I I, th- I I agree. I didn't wasn't like sort of that noticeably impressed by him, but you look into the stats and did pretty well. So we talk, you want to talk talk about the bench? Well, I mean, the only, I think the only player we haven't spoken about is Richie, the captain. Yes. <laughs> Which do you think he justified and, and, his and, selection? And the props the as well. Yeah, and the props. I think I don't think Richie did justify. He did <laughs> justify his selection. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually thought he was. Um, He's pretty good around the breakdown. Obviously, didn't make as many tackles, but was pretty abrasive both in attack and defence around the ruck. And and ultimately, actually, obviously got that turnover at the end to ultimately win the match, which is a great way to win a match. Yeah. That turnover mm-hmm. in your own twenty-two. When during the match, when watching it, I think if I was an England fan, I would have been a bit pissed off because the ref took quite a while to give from from when Richie got his hands on the ball to give him the pen. The ref took a good sort of three or four seconds before he pulled the rest, pulled the rest, and I I thought he might give it as a pen for like not releasing or not being on his feet, because actually from the angle on the screen I think you could make a fair argument for that. But actually there was an angle from the other side where just because of the nature of the tackle he got a little bit isolated, and the sort of first action was Richie kind of released, and then he was immediately on the on his feet and and on the ball. So you know, look, great great moment, and and I said you know, solid match and then a pretty sort of like standout moment to, to win the Calcutta Cup. I thought he um, he did the lifting of the trophy quite well. He did that sort of like, oh, and then everybody sort of in behind him, which is quite nice. <laughs> I mean, you can, bung, you can bungle those um, trophy lift moments, but I thought he rose to the challenge on that. Thoughts, thoughts with um, Mr. Burnett from last week. I hope he's not getting too much kind of hate mail. <laughs> I think... Mr. Burnett just follows the um, just follows the stats. Follows the science, like, exactly. Well, exactly, yeah. Facts don't care about your feelings. So <laughs> um, we still would very much like to see the XL, but I don't think there's much chance of Jamie Jamie vacating this six jersey for the rest of the tournament. Um, WP. Oh, I was just going to say with with Jamie. I thought sort of afterwards he he was trying to be very like he was clearly they were clearly buzzing right. But I think especially because of the two years ago and what happened with the Wales match afterwards, I felt there was very clear, like, they were like, right, this is just oh, the yeah. first stage. There was like, this is the message we want to tell everyone. This is kind of, and it sounded like, you know, that's probably what they're saying in the huddle afterwards. Like, this is step one, um, which, you know, is a good thing, right? But uh, it was it was clear, you were sort of this mix of everyone's clearly loving it, but trying to sort of be like super professional. And like, this is just the first stage <laughs> in a journey towards the Grand Slam. How much, how much have we got on the props? Other than that WP, was, his scrummaging was really, really good. I, I, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought, well, was, I thought that probably Genge and Sinclair were, at least in the loose, like England's most almost most prominent players. Like yeah. they seemed to be carrying loads and um, being like first and second receiver a lot. So... I think it was quite a contrast. I thought that Schumann and Nell just like did their jobs in the tight really well. Um, I don't, I don't think they sort of. I think they were pretty good at scrum time without. Um, just trying to see if they kind of gave it. 
Nell conceded two penalties, Skuman one, um, which is about the same as the England team. So pretty even, which given our worries about Xander not playing, it's a pretty good outcome, really. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Nell at the end of the match looked like a man who'd given everything and doesn't have another match left in his locker. I th- I think that was a this is the last like that you know like the last fight. Well, just just in general, just general. I just don't think he. I don't think he plays for Scotland ever again. I think he laid it on the line. He gave everything. (laughs) He looked at the man was after the match. The man was so broken, and (laughs) it was like I I want it's just like give everything you've got once. The (laughs) photo of him celebrating is great. He looks so happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is so good. He he turns Um, thirty-seven in two months. Yeah, it's mental. Love it. Like one of the best. Sort of like. Um, nationalization sort of converts we've had, like ones well, that he's done the he did the three years, right? Yeah, yeah. He he was was he the first project player? Possibly. He got in just before the fifteen World Cup. He uh, became Scottish. He was sort of a project player before project player was a thing. Yeah, yeah. We're real trailblazers, aren't we? There for you. <laughs> um, but no, he he's for for Edinburgh and Scotland, just been an absolute great stalwart. Um, and yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he, he ultimately he, he put in the shift that he needed I be- to do. I right? believe you can tell he's a man of quality and that he's sending his kids to Watson's as well. You just, you know that. <laughs> you can tell, you can tell that, someone that, about a guy. That photo of him like celebrating and just like the context of him having little kids as well, I really liked. It's just like old dad. He's like, yes, I'm old hired. dad. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go on to the, be- go on to the bench? Yeah. Do you think, you know, um, we talked a bit about Kinghorn, the impact he made um, when he gets the opportunity to play 15. Um, Matt, what do you think about George Horn when he came off? And I guess that mixture that we look at, sort of like white and white starting and then Horn overpriced. Do you think that's something that we'll probably see for the rest of the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't have said it at, at the, before the Six Nations, but I thought he looked pretty good when he came on. Um, added like a bit of urgency which we still needed given we needed that that final try um it's just like when you i think when you watch back that final try as well like his speed to the breakdown is arguably i don't think his pass is necessarily the best but he gets the breakdown we've all heard the stories about his like aerobic fitness with his bronco scores and stuff so quickly um which i thought made made a big difference in those in those final minutes from clearly England were were tiring, so I, I don't see any reason to to change it. But it's a it's a nice kind of selection issue to have, I suppose. Thought him and Kinghorn from a bats perspective really just really added something. I thought Kinghorn was just looked so solid and sharp for that final sort of fifteen twenty minutes. And yeah, we'll see what you said about Horn. Just so great to have someone like that coming off coming off the bench, especially when you're kind of slightly chasing a game, right? To sort of add, mm. add a bit of add a bit of pace in, and then in the forwards thought specifically Johnny Gray and Dempsey added something. I thought Gray actually brought quite a lot, both kind of in his carrying and in defence. And then, yeah, we, we, we've said it multiple times, but Dempsey's just such a horrible shithouse and just loves getting <laughs> so up good. people's grills. And just again, with 20 minutes to go, just to bring that little bit extra edge, it's just such a great option to have. I, I thought the the front rows as well did a, did a really good job. Like I thought Batty and Bergen didn't let anyone anyone down um 
and it was like almost the Fraser Brown performance that like we've all been hoping to see or or that we know he's fully capable of um in that like his first involvement in the game was coming on at the hour and then on I think Scotland's five meter line and he had to chuck that ball over the top like cool <laughs> it's like a pretty big ask when as we talked about before maybe his throwing's been a bit of an issue uh previously um he's just one of those guys i think his experience told like knows exactly what he's doing and the skills in that in that final try as well kind of maybe thought his career was slightly over but it's it's been good to see especially given that twickenham game when we got pumped um back in whatever it was under cotter yeah and he'd been, he, he was sinbinned and it, that was sort of the start of the the fall so it was, it was good to see sort of a bit of salvation in that regard do you think do you think Fraser Brown was a bit sour when Gilchrist made that over-the-top call? It's like, mate, come on. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, let me let me chuck it to the front. Let me warm <laughs> just, in. Yeah, yeah. It's and I think just looking at the bench as a collective, I, I thought Anthony Watson, Anthony Watson, Watson actually looked quite good when he came on. But broadly, the Scotland bench definitely outperformed the England yeah. bench. Yeah, and I, I maybe thought looking at it on paper that England had a bit of a stronger set of replacements, but no, I think they did really well. For the Doohan try, you can see like Maku and Dan Cole charging back, and they're already absolutely fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Looking ahead, then Scotland six-point favourites. You hate to you hate to put it out there, but Scotland are six-point favourites at the moment on Bet Three Six Five for Wales's trip to Murrayfield. We will come back to a preview in detail, but. Just looking at changes, if there are any on that from that starting fifteen, you've got to think it probably Xander Ferguson and Hamish Watson are the two big sort of ones that, if they're fit, typically start for Scotland. Matt, would you be bringing in one or both or neither? I think I would probably play Watson. Um, straight swap for Crosby. Probably, yeah, straight, yeah, straight swap for for Crosby and. I wonder if that means Crosby. Crosby's fairly versatile. It means he goes into the bench. Um, and then I would have said, like, definitely start Ferguson when he's fit. But I wonder if um, there's some question marks about the, the Welsh scrum. And I wonder if we just stick to how it is at the moment and then put Xander on the bench um, and just see if Nell can get the the upper hand for the first, you know, 40, 50, 50 minutes. So I, I don't think it's kind of a foregone conclusion, that one. But Nell's going to retire, according to Alan. <laughs> yeah, he might not Nell's, be available. He might he, he rule himself out. I think <laughs> Nell's got one more show in him. <laughs> Alan, what about you? What, Watson, Crosby, I'm pretty ambivalent to. I, I actually think Tooney will stick with Crosby, but I, I, I wouldn't mind either way. Um, I think Xander should should come in. Um, <coughs> just think around the park, he just brings he just brings so much. Um, and then the only other one I, again, I was I was wondering whether Johnny Gray would come in specifically for for Gilchrist. Gilchrist. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly Johnny Gray's been coming back from injury, but you know, I, I really did think that he looked really good with, with twenty minutes to go. But I think sort of putting actual sort of performances aside, I think you know, Gilchrist is clearly very well thought of. Mm. And I think probably from the sounds of it brings more than just his kind of like on field performance, both in terms of like leading the set piece and then also just kind of supporting Richie 
with leading that team. So I don't think that will happen, but that was the only other one that I was thinking potentially could be um, a potential change. Richie Gray, undroppable. <laughs> yeah, it's, who, men- who it's mental. Who would have thought that Richie Gray was <laughs> Genuinely mental. <laughs> I know, I know. I can't believe he's putting in a full AC as well. <laughs> I'm interested in Johnny coming back in just for narrative purposes. I think there's great stuff when there's two brothers in the second row. I think that's just, yeah, I'm up yeah. for that. No, and the column inch is right themselves, but and yeah, I think, I think, I think it's much that... of a muchness, isn't it? Yeah. Like then... if if it's Gray, if it's Gilchrist, you're like, okay, cool. They're both like super solid. Yeah. Yeah, and there's an interesting one again when Dollars comes back, right? I mean, not going to be back for the Wales game, but there was originally the chat was that he might be back for France. Dollars for Richie. Whether you bring, oh, hello. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> you know, cause Dodge specifically against France. You know that game was such a. I'm here on the international mm. scene, and and I think against France, you know, I'm going when we're when we're trying to go three from three against France, um, Darge just gives you something a bit different and gives you by far the best chance of of coming out on top in the breakdown. But you know, I just think if we're two if we're two from two and going to France, I just don't know how much you're going to roll the dice there. No. <laughs> but Darge, you you can stay. We're doing all right. No, it's, it's like, true. hey, hey, guy that's come back from like knee reconstruction and hasn't played for six months. <laughs> that is fancy true. it. I mean, Dodge is an absolute like lunatic, so I imagine he would do amazingly well. But just just talking about Wales, sort of more generally, I think Tom English in a BBC today said something like the last two losses to Cardiff are, are burned into the so- the soul of all those who played and all those who watched. <laughs> all those who watched, certainly, it's in my soul for sure. Yeah. It's, I'd say two years ago was a worse... What, when we were 17 points ahead at Murrayfield? That was the worst loss. That was horrific. Uh, yeah, that that was a real... like. But the, Scotland played actually played quite well. Last year, what was the worst oh. about that was Scotland... It was both crap to watch, but also Scotland played so badly. Whereas the year before, yeah. they played well, and then they just kind of like, you know... A bit unlucky. A bit yeah. unlucky at the end. Um, the trip to Cardiff last year was good because we were drinking cans with Finn on the train yeah. on the way back. That was, that was great. really good. Another another memory you've made without me. Uh, it's, just... <laughs> it's amazing how these things all coalesce yeah. around. <laughs> you it's are the, the consistent, not there. I One... think if I was thinking, if if we can't beat Wales this this weekend, I might actually be done. I, I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Like, Should we put it on the line like they do in like WWE and be like, if we lose to Wales, we're, the pod is shut and shot. Done. It's this it. is a retirement match. Yeah. The SRU might throw the game. They want us gone that badly. <laughs> no rain, supposedly. Oh, lovely. Good. Well, it's good for the day out. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd what's be the, very What's our route, Alan? Um, route... St- Bailey for a few soft beers for yeah. I don't even know what's the match before is it Ireland France before Ireland France before yeah, yeah. yeah. jeez Louise does the Bailey have a TV yeah a lot of quite small TVs yeah, it's got nice. really small TVs doesn't it yeah yeah Water of Leith along I'm sure our fans will be surprised to think to to think of us drinking in Stockbridge <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> um and then walk along the Water of Leith Murrayfield absolutely oh, delightful such a good, what a day out lovely stuff yeah. um. And then, I don't know, why not till three? Yeah. <laughs> get, get, to not. Why not, Barrett, get to why not at 8 p.m. Just to <laughs> yeah, reserve yeah, yeah. your place. Exactly. If, we're, if we're two from two, we're going VIP. In fingers. 
yeah in fingers is there a vip room <laughs> uh, you, if, if you ask they'll they'll make one for you that's yeah. that. if there is anybody who works at fingers piano bar please do get in touch because we believe that we can bring you some serious business on saturday night yeah and all we want is like guest pass and maybe I just don't like want to stand in the queue for yeah. wkds yeah. that's it Huge that's our head yeah per head <laughs> yeah one last one from me before we shoot off um best meme of the the weekend i think princess Anne content has been particularly good I think it wasn't expecting okay. it, but Princess Anne wearing like essentially a massive visor, those sunglasses <laughs> or something else, was just something I really wasn't expecting. And I absolutely love it. So stoic as well. <laughs> like zero yeah. celebration. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so good. It's been a it's been a great week. Great forty eight hours. Just love uh, yeah. love the build up, the mat and then the sort of the only thing better than the day when Scotland beat England is the day after for just all like the analysis blow up memes ah. etc it's just been fantastic i was like in the good. in the park with my daughter just like ignoring quite dangerous play <laughs> just like doom scrolling <laughs> through twitter and instagram just loving everything <laughs> so good well we go again wales in six days time coming to murrayfield scotland going for two from two operation grand slam we go again. We are still alive. Um, get on to our Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod, and you will get plenty of us this week. Um, and then we will be back in just a matter of days to preview the Wales game. Looking forward to it. What a wonderful time of year. We will speak to you very soon. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.